Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about Lessons Learned Part 2. So, episode 70. Crazy. It's so insane to think throwing it all the way back to episode one, which was our original um, lessons learned mistakes made. And now we really just want to expand on what we've learned since. What a time that was. I remember we were so like <laughs> new to it as you are when you do something for the first time. And, you know, I broke the lighting that oh. belonged to my friend and you were running a bit late. I'm like, good. I'm sweeping up all of these glass lamps that I've just shattered everywhere. Then we were recording in that old school machine that ended up stuffing up. We lost the episode. It was crazy. And to make it even worse, when I met you at the apartment in St Kilda, I didn't have a car at the time because I'd sold it and I was living in the city and I was still nursing. So I got an Uber to the wrong suburb. Do you remember that? And I was like, Danny, where am I? This is wrong. I was like, you know, when it comes up on your maps and you're like, this is not the address. This is not right. Oh, it was that a was whole such... like six hour ordeal to record one episode. And I remember saying after this, after the first episode, after we recorded it and it didn't record. And oh, I, I was like, oh my goodness. I remember saying, we can't have this much friction every time we do an episode. It has yeah. to be easy. You were getting on the edge of anger. I'm like, fuck, we haven't even finished one episode. She's already I cracking know. it. Good yeah. call though. <laughs> yeah. yes. um, so important though, whenever you start anything as being like, how can I make this as seamless as possible? And mm. I honestly, jumping almost into a lesson, I really do feel like 2020 taught us how to be efficient at doing a podcast. Actually, you're right. We've got these fancy microphones now. We've got our Zoom set up where yep. we can record. I don't get to cuddle you beforehand, which is sad, and we're not sitting on a couch, but, hey, it's efficient. It's efficient, and that's the most important thing is that we can rock up and do or put out content consistently for you guys. I know, you know, we've had a few messages about doing more than one episode a week, and it wouldn't have been – it definitely wouldn't be possible if we were sort of recording in person together unless, Mm. you know, one day when we've got the Level Up HQ studio. Oh, she's called it. (laughs) I've called it. One day I'm keen for the big headset, the couch. Oh, yeah. the the coffee machine I will be all for that I wouldn't want to do anything else that's that's just a full time job great well that's in the future I mean we've we've been able to do so many cool things just from what yep. started from episode one all the way to seventy we've had amazing guests on and it's just growing um, and our ideas are always flowing so I'm really excited yep. for what's to come but until yep. then we'll reflect on it and I loved pulling up the notes from our first little episode on and just how organized I was with notes because you remember how OCD I was and now just before I'm like Shrella I haven't got any notes things have (laughs) changed I've learned how to let go a little bit yeah you actually have you were quite structured and I think um it's sort of been forced upon us and to be fair Danny some of our best conversations and um best recordings are when we do come in without a structure and I think a lot of people will be able to resonate that is like spontaneous actions and words are usually what lead to like the most optimal best experiences and learning lessons for us Mm, yeah and it, it it's able to allow us to keep our energy up and sort of keep the free flowing conversation um, and when it came to our values or why we're recording the podcast in episode one, we were so cute. Break mm-hmm. stereotypes. You know, I think we've done that a little bit, you know, educate people, teach others as we learn, create a community, have fun. I 
Frank and we're still holding yeah. that 70 I, episodes I definitely later. think we're doing all those things. Um, it's always a good And time. I also believe like this is such a, uh, a great space for us to learn as well. Um, mm. And we've had some incredible guests on and even bouncing ideas off each other. Like I've learned so much through podcasting as well as podcasts. Oh, we, yeah. The guests that we get on are who we want to learn from. I mean, it's just the best. And and the feedback's mm. been amazing. So the amount of things that we've learned from our guests is just ridiculous and I'm always excited to who else can we have on what else do we want to learn so Mm. I love that we get to share that with everyone too it's really cool yeah absolutely and you know looking at some of our lessons right back from the start you know we've got a nice little grid here um, (laughs) but not following a program and mixing um, up our workouts not writing down weights not knowing technique a lot of those things are still absolutely important but I feel Mm. like it's just common knowledge to us now like a lot of these lessons it's sort of like we've expanded so much on them now yeah for sure so where we are in our personal career and our development as athletes you know these things as you said are common knowledge but for everyone for people who are new they're going through that now so it's been Mm. interesting to you know, when we talk to people who are starting out to hear them say those same things, you know, I'm not following a program, I'm not really writing weights. So now we've had to evolve and learn how to coach people out of that. And and the art form that comes with programming, which is one of the things that we'll talk about, you know, we were really able to learn a lot about programming and coaching in 2020, particularly when people had less equipment or different injuries. It's been a really cool learning experience. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on there, Danny said, like a lot of the things that are common knowledge to us aren't to others. Mm. And sometimes that surprises me still to this day and age that there are like, for example, people that think that weights will make you bulky. And Mm. there are these sorts of um, stigmas and um, ideas out in social media. And social media is amazing for spreading information as a whole. spreading information where that's good and bad there's you know there's obviously a difference between good and bad information but um sometimes these ideas are still pushed out and i think it's easy for us to be like oh of course weights don't make you bulky but then for one person that says that there's like a thousand other people who still do believe that Mm -hmm. yeah and i suppose that fuels our passion behind podcasts and getting on instagram and youtube and all of that because Mm it's it's going to be a very hard stereotype to break that the mm. 1200 calories all of those things but mm. you know all we can do is keep recording episodes like this getting our community around us you know seminars you talking at schools that's all we can do but yeah mm. when someone still says something like that's like oh oh shit wow yeah. did you just really say that it's yeah. crazy I know. Yeah. And it's a good reality check sometimes for us um, to really be like, okay, how can I explain this in the most easily digestible way as possible so that people actually understand rather than me saying, oh, that's wrong mm-hmm. or no, that's not true. People mm-hmm. aren't going to believe you or take that on. They're going to have their own conceived ideas as well. So yeah. that's what we're all about. Absolutely. Should we get into some of our recent lessons? Yeah, let's do it. So one of the um, lessons that has been really big for me in 2020 is just completely reestablishing the way that I program Mm. or learning so much about biomechanics and anatomy and and training principles and bodybuilding, which I guess is my area of interest is like Mm -hmm. building muscle, like 
strength is great and I love getting stronger, but my true interest is hypertrophy style training. Um, So learning a lot of the different things about how to maximize hypertrophy has completely reestablished the way that I program. And I know we did an episode, Danny, on programming and how muddled that got because it's (laughs) it's such a big concept, but I really wanted just to chat about a few of the key things that have actually made me question a lot about the way I used to train or the way that I currently do. Um, and one of them being resistance profiles. Um, and basically that's the concept of understanding like where the load is the heaviest in a certain exercise and mm-hmm. therefore overloading certain parts of um, a muscle to get the result that you want. So one of the, probably the best examples is understanding the difference between cables and bands and understanding Mm -hmm. that, you know, cables have more of a constant tension across the muscle fibers. um, Whereas bands, they, they get harder at the top of a movement, so to speak. So understanding resistance profiles has been really big for me. Yeah, that's really good. So um, to expand a little bit on that. So what uh, do you still use bands or when would you use them and when would you use cables? Like what did you sort of learn about that? I don't personally use bands um, mm-hmm. anymore. I did in the past where I would use them would be for a beginner to help. Um, I guess if they're having knees cave in, I would mm-hmm. help them like use it as a teaching tool where to push out mm-hmm. against. Um, but generally I just like setting people up in good positions in exercises that suit their body type for the experience that they're at and then build on from that. Cables Mm. are always going to be my first choice when it comes to applying tension across a muscle fiber, just because of the constant tension that it does apply, as well as the ability to be able to change that based on where you have the cable or the, or how you're standing or setting up. I think um, cables were a big thing that I'm only, I've only just started really utilizing in the last 12 months, especially for a lot of accessory stuff for lower body. Um, Always like, you know what, everyone does face pulls and kickbacks on cables, but using it for more than that um, has been really, yeah, really changing for me. Yeah, that video um, of you doing the step-ups with the cable, I know that went viral and a lot of people have been trying that, which is good. And a lot of people come to me asking me about it because you did it. So, oh, yeah. really? I, yeah, of course. <laughs> They're always like, oh, yeah, I saw Sherelle do this and so now I do this. And I'm like, I didn't prescribe it to you, but okay, we can talk about <laughs> it. Thanks. Um, yeah, but that. it's really cool and I think that's great. When I love what you said when it comes to, you know, positions because that's very important as well. Um, what I found is most people do really, really well with cables, but again, you have to know how to do that movement properly. If, if you find that, oh, I can't really set myself up in a position where my glutes activate on a cable abduction, um, without my hip flexors taking over, then cool. We'll try something else. So Mm. I think feedback's really important because the cable takes away some, some of your natural stability, even though Mm. you are standing on one, one leg, but if you're playing a sport, for example, obviously we're talking about hypertrophy, but for people playing sports, you might be better off without. That's what mm. I learned. Um, mm. I learned that sports-specific training is a lot different. We need mm. stabilizing. We need to be on one foot without shoes, yeah. things like that. Um, but, yeah, just with the cable stuff, a lot of people still feel structures like hip flexors and all of that. So yeah. that's when I probably would do a little bit of band work first and then straight on the cable like what you yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more with you because some cables, they jump in such big Mm. weights um, and it can be too much for a complete beginner to even do five kilos on an abduction, Mm. right? It's too much. So 
for people like that, I would be like, I'm going to put you in a seated abduction or I'm going to change the actual exercise or the setup rather than forcing you or the range of motion. Like Mm -hmm. there's lots of other ways that you can train the movement patterns. And this comes like understanding that comes with understanding concepts like this and understanding programming movements, biomechanics as a whole to be like, well, rather than squeeze you into some exercise or piece of equipment, let's just substitute regress or change the movement completely. Yeah, Um, great. Something else that's been um, really important for me is understanding the concept of like moment arms um, as well as length tension relationships. So moment arms is basically um, the further the weight is from a joint, the heavier the load is. So this is important to understand for say um, like RDLs in comparison to good mornings, like understanding why the load feels different. Um, it has been really good, especially for when you think of like a dumbbell bench press, like training the pecs in the lengthened position opposed to like a fly still training it but the weight is very different and I use this a lot with different styles or different exercises being like how can I make this a little bit harder without actually having to increase the weight but still applying tension across the muscle fibers so for group training it might be holding the weight out further in front and then bringing it in as you fail to Mm. really tax out muscle fibers Um, so yeah that's been really interesting for me is to understand moment arms Yeah, really good. So the further away the load and the weight, the harder it actually is on that joint for sure. But then you can also train it the other way. I'm just in a mood this week of coming up with different concepts and exercises because my hip has been a little bit unhappy. So I'm like, right, Danny. I know. I I get, but it is, it's, it happens to (laughs) me too. I hate it. I know. And and I'm like, look, I'm going to use this as a trial or trial and error phase to come up with new ideas. And then I was in the mood and then I, I was doing shoulders today and I was holding the weights, but then my grip was failing first and being really mm-hmm. annoying. And I know you've said you use cables for that and that's great, but I was upstairs where the kettlebells are. I looked around and then I put my arms through two kettlebells and lifted from the elbows and it actually mm-hmm. felt bloody awesome. So yeah. I decreased the moment arm, but yep. then it was more isolated to my shoulders mm-hmm. because it was closer and took out the elbow joint and the wrist. Mm. Um, so you can play with moment arms both ways which is really cool yeah something i do for that danny is um use an ankle strap yeah that's right Mm. instead for cables because what i find is a lot of people who are new to cables they don't have the strength through the wrist extensors um or their grip strength which is the limiting factor to their delts Mm. um so Mm. applying the um the ankle strap either around your wrist or up higher Mm. on the arm you still get the same movement and then when you come back to the cables it's still important to do both yeah when you come back to the cables with using your grip or a dumbbell, um, you can usually have improved that um, that strength at the delt. And something I was doing yesterday, I actually used wrist straps with my dumbbell leaning lateral raise just because oh, they're nice. on my hand and yeah. I, was like, I can't really take them off. Yeah, I got eight, eight kilos for a leaning lateral raise with a wrist strap. That's cool. For 10. There you go. Bloody delts of the gods, mate. Good little tips. Very good. Yours will look a bit more sexy, I think, <laughs> than the old arms yeah. in the kettlebells. I might wait a bit Just more before away. I post it. Yeah, the, the old chicken kettlebell. I don't know. I reckon I might make that a thing, but we'll see. I've got to make it a little bit less painful because it hurts a bit. So I tried putting a thick glue yeah. band around where it presses in. Yeah. I don't know. It's still mm. a work in progress, guys. Yeah. Try the try the cable attachment with the that ankle That too, strap. but I'm trying to just be creative without looking like a dickhead. <laughs> you, you've, already, you've already came up with that, so I need to come up with something else, but I will try it. <laughs> 
I didn't come up with that. I stole it off Eugene. I definitely won't. Oh, there you go. All right. We won't. I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other thing that um, with programming is understanding about the length tension relationship. And this has probably been one of the biggest ones for me is understanding not just that we need to take a movement through its full range of motion, but also that we need to train muscles in that range of motion as well. Yeah. So understanding when we're training the glutes in the shortened position, when we're training them in the mid and when we're training them in the lengthened is super important for the overall hypertrophy of the glute muscles as such. And every muscle in the body has a short, a mid and a lengthened. So for example, it's super frustrating when people don't have a seated leg curl, right? Now I've got to be like, okay, how can I train the hamstrings in the mid range in a different way? Mm. Um, as well as something I've been doing with my um, own program at the moment, which I've been finding um, really good. And I got this off a podcast I was listening to with John Meadows. Oh, yeah. Um, mountain dog as people probably know him off instagram but he was talking about um one of his concepts with programming is he trains the the muscle in the shortened position um right at the start like to do more of like the pump work of the swelling work at the start and then right at the end he'll um take the muscle through the stretched positions when it's um got more blood flow through it and he's okay. he sort of was talking about how because you know when you start with deadlifts right and you just feel like you got to do a lot of warm-up sets a lot of to get Absolutely. the movement pattern yeah you still got to do that but I find that putting those really stretched exercises right at the end of a workout I don't have to do as much warm-up one because I'm already pre-fatigued going Mm. into it I've already Mm. done it's on the back end but two I just feel like I can get more of a stretch through those certain muscles without having to do as much um, warm-up stuff so playing around with different exercise selections um, and different organization of a program based on um, length tension relationships um, that's been really fun to, to mix up with. Awesome. Yeah. Pre-fatiguing is a very bodybuilder um, thing and it works. It really, Mm. really works, particularly if they're, yeah, if you find that you need to warm up a lot, like you don't have that mobility and then things feel a bit sticky and stuck and you can't get the like muscle contraction to the best capacity. Cool. Pre-fatigue. Awesome. Get that going and then Mm. jump into your movement. But then, yeah, you wouldn't do that for like strength training work. Obviously we want to save all our energy for the actual big lift. You wouldn't pre-fatigue before a squat or a deadlift. No. Yeah. If your goal is to move as much weight as possible, you want to be as fully recovered. Um, If your goal is more hypertrophy based, then there's multiple ways to skin a dead cat, right? Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. We popped it out. It's been a good 10 or so episodes. I I did that saying in a weird sadistic way, but it's back. (laughs) Um, But yeah, understanding all those concepts, right? They bleed into each other. They change Mm -hmm. like one will impact the other. One of them will make me think differently about the other. Um, And it's important. Like I just love trialing what I'm doing. Like I'd never give Mm. um, an exercise or a program to a client that I personally haven't trialed myself or executed or even like, like what you said, you know, you're not going to upload that until you've figured it out and nutted it out yourself. And that's what I was like, no, something's not quite right. I thought of that glute step up, right? Probably about two weeks before I posted it. Cause I was like, I need it like this, this Mm. this setup. No, this is too high. This cable shit. I like that cable. How can Mm. I hold it? Opposite arm. Like you try to nut things out. Um, And yeah, it's, it's fun to use yourself. 
Yeah. And, and just how we now are at that point where we can play around with exercises and movements. I, I really learned, you know, because now a majority of my work is online and, and programming, you know, like yourself, mm. you get more time focusing on that naturally. So I'm doing less face-to-face, more programming. And what I've realized is not only based on my own feedback from what I'm doing with clients, but also based on the kind of questions that the trainers that I'm working with are asking, I've mm. learned that there's no one course that teaches programming like nothing at all only because there are so many variables your clients can have so many goals okay you you need to have components of activation mobilization rehab um pain relief with hypertrophy or with strength and there's no one size fits all Mm. course so for those who are worried about oh i don't know how to program are there any courses Yes, there are little courses that you'll pick and choose things from, Mm. but you as a coach need to know how to communicate with your client or your patient, Mm. know what they need at the time and realize that it's not a linear thing. You you can't map out, you might have four weeks down of a program, but guarantee it's going to need changing and tweaking. And that is the art of coaching. So I've really, I'm sure you have too, been able to immerse yourself in the flexibility that programming Mm. actually has to have. Otherwise Mm. it will, it will not work. Yeah. Mm. two words used to frustrate me in the fitness industry so much and it was it depends I used to get so frustrated when people would say that really now yeah and now I'm like now I know and now it's like (laughs) my two most common words it depends depends. and it's a lesson because like I said I used to think I'm going to do this and learn all I need to know I'm going to read this book and learn what I need to know you're not and I get a lot of um like coaches and trainers and stuff come to me and sort of and I'll say you know what do you hope to get out of your time with me Mm. and a lot of them will say like oh I want to understand programming I want to understand this I want to understand that and I'm like cool you'll get facets of that but you know when we've been like refining a craft and practicing what we've preached for years and years and years. Yeah. Like you just can't consolidate that into like a short period of time. And as we build off that too. So like we're always going to be evolving and learning more and changing ideas. Again, looking back at our previous lessons. Yeah. Like it's these weren't even concepts that we were thinking or talking about back then. We didn't even have the capacity to be able to think about that. Like just because it wasn't our focus and we hadn't had any experience. Um, But with um, moving to sort of strength work as well, what I've also learned is because that was an area like we, I knew how to do hypertrophy because that's what I've been training for my whole time. All right. When it came to powerlifting and strength work, there are general guidelines. However, again, there's no set map on how someone should hit their 1RM because there are so many other factors that can influence someone's life. Sleep, stress, you know, the nutrition, that really all impacts the number on the bar. It's different to bodybuilding. All right, if you don't get as much sleep one night and all that, it doesn't really matter what your 10 to 12 reps Mm. looks like, okay? Mm. But for the sport of strength training and lifting, if you miss one lift, it, it can change everything. So yeah. then you also need to be flexible, be like, all right, maybe today we won't go for two reps. Let's change it higher volume for four reps. Things like yeah. that I really got to learn and play around with um, just from my own training as well. I've got someone doing my numbers as well. And, you know, again, if I don't feel like I slept well or I need to change programs around, then the number has to change. It's not, no, you must hit this number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flexibility. Yeah, really important. It does come with like uh, an experience level as well. Like Mm. I think a lot of people where they go wrong is they adopt that mindset of like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to hit a number, but they're not like 
It's not their sport. So then they cram themselves when they've had shit sleep and all these sorts of things to hit numbers and they get mm. lost. Whereas hypertrophy is very forgiving. Like it's a it very is. forgiving way of doing things. And this is something I'm super like, you know, like if you're not a power lifter, stop trying to force yourself to be one. If you're not, if like think of your goal, think of yeah. it. And if you're sleep deprived, please don't risk hurting yourself for the mm. sake of hitting a heavy squat because you think you should. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's definitely that blurred line between bodybuilders and powerlifters. And and yes, you can kind of do both for a short period of time. And, and I'm dabbling in that now, but I'm catching myself out on the mindset. If I don't hit a number that week, it's not the end of the world, okay? Yeah. For powerlifters, it's more of a shit time. If you miss your number, you feel yeah. way worse because like, yeah. it sucks because that's your sport. Yeah, It's kind of like You've us not coming in lean enough, you know, yeah. for a show. It's like, oh, God. But, but to, yeah, crossover is a bit dangerous. So you need to say, right, okay, mm. for me, I'm a bikini athlete okay, I'm going to get as strong as I can and it's awesome, but not beat myself up because at the end of the day, they're not going to ask how much I lifted when I'm on stage, okay? (laughs) Remember the sports. And that's what my dad would always say. Danny, but then I reckon that's a cop out though because he never used to deadlift. I'm like, I've been trying to get my dad to deadlift for so long, but that ship sailed. He's in his 50s. He's not deadlifting. But, you know, no one cares on a bodybuilding stage on that day how much you lift, okay? Yeah, very different. So don't get caught up in the two sports. Do them both, but be kind to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a lot of people, like literally for 95% of the population, you know, they they definitely shouldn't have that mentality when it comes to lifting anyways. Like we need to be okay with like – letting leaving ego at the door and learning how to auto regulate and like really train in a way that works for us and that mm. comes with time and experience to figure that out and we've yeah. definitely you know tried multiple different training ways and, and work figured out what methods work best for us so i think yep. that in itself is like an ongoing lesson um yeah. one of the other things that i really like I guess learned in the last year is just learning how to train hard as well. Like, yeah, like I don't, I I question whether I ever trained to failure before the last 12 months. I'm dead set serious, Danny. Wow. Okay. What's been the the difference? Why are you all of a sudden hitting it harder? Probably your training partner. Yeah. So I think um, like having a training partner has absolutely transformed my training in terms of how much I can push. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I would think I'm done and I've got six more. And to me, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, crazy. Cause if the last few reps count, well, I'm not even close to reaching it. So, yeah. and I think, um, like, I feel like I put on a lot of muscle in that time, despite everything. So yeah, I think we're so much more capable than what we think and we're stronger than what we think and sometimes we just need that reassurance and Danny we both do that for other people we are Mm. that support network to be like that bar path looks smooth you know like we can do that obviously we're not there in the present moment um, but we can give that reassurance and that confidence and I think as well like being injured in the past you naturally have a bit of reservation when it comes to pushing Um, and that was me trying to be a power lifter um, let go of ego juggle shift work still train really hard Um, and then at the end of the day if I got injured like it does subconsciously default how much you push because the Mm. safer you feel 
feel on a piece of equipment, the, the harder you can push. That's just the nervous system, right? Yeah. Whereas if I'm on a leg press, I've got someone who's going to help me on a concentric if I need it. Like you bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to push to a failure. Yeah, yeah, really good. Training partners, it, it is crazy. But then there's also that the other side of it as well. If you are always training with someone and you're killing each other each session, it's probably not going to serve you either, you know. Um, Not in your case, but just I know I've got some friends who they're like, yeah, every time I train with someone, so we just end up needing a wheelchair at the end. And I'm like, that's not good. Like you're cooked for the next session. Like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. but it's I love training with other people though. But you have to really be in sync i find it so hard because our programming and training is so specific and people always ask why we don't train together it's not that we wouldn't but it just doesn't i don't know we've got our own routines our own little ways of doing things Mm. um you just got to get on with it but i'm glad you found a training partner that you can push with and i love training with people as well maybe we'll Mm. do one together one day but um i feel like when it comes to a training partner you need like the relationship where you can like trust them but also tell them to get fucked (laughs) like I sort of feel like (laughs) like literally if I'm like no this is a stupid decision to push hard today because I don't feel right or whatnot you know and I've had the last six weeks like a pullback period anyways where I'm like yeah I've been pushing really hard for a long time Mm. and it's time to pull back and focus on a bit more mobility and like I feel so good coming into this next mesocycle because I've done that and there's definitely been times where I'm like I could do more, but I shouldn't. And it comes down to knowing when you should and when you shouldn't. And if you've got someone that is pushing you and you don't feel comfortable to tell them no, that that's a problem. Yeah. In all elements of life, really, yeah. isn't it? It's not even just no a is no. Yeah. <laughs> no means no. I don't yeah, know how right. many times I've said that. <laughs> no means no. Oh dear. Very um, good. Is that everything on training? That's, I think, like, look, as much as I can summarize. Drag it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was good. Um, all right. Oh, next point. How important our environment and space is for happiness, Sherelle? Mm, yeah, this has been huge for me because not only just obviously COVID that really screwed everyone's environment yeah. up, but also work for me. Like not even mm. just um, not even just like my my personal environment, but like my professional one. Like changing my entire life to what I'm doing now. Like I'm so much happier, and it's really surprised me. A lot of people like message me and they're like, "Oh, you know, you look so much happier." Like oh, I'll get that. I a love little that bit. people can recognize. That I too. know because I'm like. <laughs> what's that mean did I look you know yeah, was I an angry bitch earlier yeah yeah um but yeah obviously like environment space like I know we spoke with Michelle um on the podcast and I sort of spoke mm. about um Luke and I being in a one-bedroom apartment and that was so hard like that was really hard for us not as a relationship wise like it made us stronger mm. but just learning boundaries like feeling creative it was just a really yeah. difficult time for everyone and I think you know if 2020 did highlight anything it's just really to not take anything for granted yeah I love that. I think your home environment and work environment dictates your whole life. Mm. Like I remember, so all of your cool stuff happened last year, but I, I first moved out or of home home in 2019, I think, mm. just because, you know, um, I was with mom and we're both very different and I'm not the easiest person to live with just because <laughs> I never stop and sit and watch TV. Like I'm always doing something, mm. um, which I love. But then, yeah, leaving to my own little creative space and environment, you know, changing work and, and all of that has been an absolute game changer and lifesaver. Like 
I remember having the um, inner thoughts or people saying, oh, don't go out and rent, you know, save, stay at home as long as you can. I think that's an ethnic mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, stay at home as long as you can, save and all that. But it's like, well, yes, I might have more money in the bank by not renting, but mm. what are the opportunity costs that I'm missing out on? Yeah, like the quality true. of life and yeah. moving out and renting was the best bloody thing I ever did just because, yeah, yeah you put yourself in an environment that you thrive on. Um, not in a bad way to mom, not that she listens to this podcast and that's not what I'm saying, but yeah, just it's definitely a lesson that we've both learned over the past mm. year or two for sure. Mm. Yeah, uh, my mum does listen to podcasts, so I better be careful of what Colleen, I say. Colleen, but... hello. I haven't given her a shout-out in a while. <laughs> How are you, Cole? Um, Cole. But, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I moved out um, as soon as I turned 18 just because I went to uni and that's what you had to do. Like in the country, you sort of got to move to the big smoke to actually get an education. (laughs) Yeah, shit. So, um, and that was like the best thing ever is moving out, living with different people, having Mm. housemates. Like I think I've moved like, I want to say like eight times since I moved out of home. Yep going from um campus and like living on res and then from house to house and yeah like then moved in with luke and then we've moved a couple of times in melbourne and yeah i've moved a lot um and i could not imagine like i love going home um i love being at home i love sort of um it's it's so stress-free right when you go home Mm. and there's just food in the fridge and Mm. your washing's done right it's fantastic but I became so independent as soon as I moved out. You know, I have yeah. always had um, jobs. Like I was even at uni, I couldn't get um, Centrelink or anything like that. So I had three we jobs at uni Centrelink. and I've always been. No, no. Those were the days. Yeah, no, I never, I, it was frustrating because I never got any, um, what, what's it called? What's it called when you like, get um uh, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, just the government. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't Assist- know the word I'm now. just going to call it assistance. I, like mum oh. and dad definitely helped me, uh, but I, <laughs> I I always liked working. So I, yeah. I just have, I've always had jobs. Um, I always made it work. I was, I worked at the uni and I worked as a personal carer and then I worked in hospitality. And mm. yeah, I just think moving out of home, you just, you really grow into yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Environment is everything. And then also workplaces as well. And a lot of people feel confined in their workplace and it's not a disrespectful thing. Like there's a beautiful way to go about having that conversation with your former employers or current ones. And and we have spoken about this for sure when you were going through it as well at the start of last year um it is a beautiful thing to to take as much as you can from that work environment and then move on or if you don't that's great too but Mm. just for the sake of our type a listeners who are on the go like us it's another beautiful important thing yeah recognize Mm. your environment or even the people that you're around and say right we take everything um good and bad from all situations that we're in and if it's time to expand or move on you know, that's life and you have to. The world doesn't stop for anything. Mm, that's what yeah. I've learned. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just taking opportunities and risks as well, it comes mm. with that that environment. Like if you're not happy with where you are, it's time to move on. And yeah. I've sort of like, you know, 27 now and I just sort of think oh, I don't want to waste, I don't want to waste my years. I don't want to mm. waste time doing like regret, you know, that scares me into action is like um, fearing regret. I don't know if anyone's, I'm writing an email about this now and it's almost making me emotional writing about it. When I used to work in palliative care, like Mm. you ever look into someone's eyes with, then they've just got regret, but no time. And Mm. I just sort of think life is so short and like your twenties and your thirties, your best years. And 
I do not want to waste that, those precious years or that time, like not doing the things I want to do. And that really does come down to environment. You know, you're moving, you're changing that, you're making decisions. It really does come with pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, like what we spoke about last week Mm. um, and moving on to something that's more challenging that really does actually make you happy. Yeah, because that's that's why we're on this earth, you know, to be challenged and to grow. And people, you know, use the word risks to be a bad thing. But then mm. for, for you and I, the risk would be to not take the action. Yeah. That's the risk to to be stagnant in your life. And then, yeah, like from what you've experienced working in palliative care, you know, one day, unfortunately, we're going to be looking back on our life and hopefully we made the decisions that we wanted. You know, you have to be a bit scared because there are scary things coming and, you know, yeah. Wow. This is getting real deep, but I know. know. Sorry. (laughs) It's true. It's like, I would rather regret the things that I did than the things that I didn't. And I think yep. it's important to sort of be like, you know, I'd rather look back and be like, oh, well, could have done that better or differently rather than looking back mm. and being like, you know, I didn't even give it a shot. Yep. Yep. Because look at all the cool things that we've done now mm. and it scared the crap out of us at the start, but hey, yep. that's life and now we that love it. Life. So oh, exciting times. But yeah, there you go. But- I'll look out for that email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swipe up, guys. Cheeky Swipe plug. up. Swipe um, up. But yeah, the last thing that I feel like we've both definitely grown a lot on this year is um, in just the area of women's health. Mm. And it's definitely something that like, I just think is so missing in the fitness space. It's just this discrepancy between healthcare and fitness. And I used yep. to see this all the time. Like I would be like, working in an antenatal clinic with women who are pregnant who just don't even understand how they got pregnant literally yeah man. like so there's just such a discrepancy in between health and fitness and people yep. think that it's just health and fitness it's like it's not a lot of the times the things that you see that are quote unquote fitness like abs on females and shredded physiques are not healthy no. so I think um, just understanding more about, you know, how we train, how we feel, how we recover, Mm. um, how we learn, how we connect. Like women need to be coached differently to men as well. And that's something I've changed my mind on working with women exclusively. Mm. Um, I'm like, you know, it's just not sets, reps and macros. It's so much more important about how we feel about the things that we're doing, the community, the connection, the relationships. Um, that motivate us to move forward. And this is why like brands like the WBFF are so successful is because they foster these connections between um, people who resonate or in similar situations. They understand we normalize goals. You Mm -hmm. know, we can sit here and talk about similar things and not feel like the the odd one out in groups. So lots of things about women, not just physical, but also psychological and mental as well. Yeah, very well said. And uh, I did a lot of the learning from our guests. I mean, we had Gabriella Rosa on, um, even Holly Baxter, Lan Pooley. We've had a lot. Stacey Sims, of course. All Please, if you haven't listened to those episodes, even as a male as well, just to yeah. learn more about women and, 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 you know, what we go through. And I think it's brilliant. I mean, mm. uh, 2020, we both came off contraception. You had the implant on. I was on the pill. We got to go on a journey of regulating our cycle, which is cool. Um, mm. You were pretty spot on with yours. You helped me. Actually, I remember I was about to get like an ultrasound. I'm like, Sherelle, or what do I need for my blood test? I was texting mm. you. You, you yeah, helped me through that. That. Mm-hmm. now it's regular again and i will we'll eventually get gabriella back on to talk about 
all of that, but I think it's been so much fun to learn about my body and not competing definitely helped me change focus as well. Not saying that if you compete, you're going to lose it. But for me, Mm. I would run myself into the ground when I would compete. Um, So to actually have two years off has been Mm. a blessing to learn about all this stuff. Mm. So hopefully bridge that gap between the health industry, even though that doesn't really, it's not a thing yet. And the fitness industry. Yeah. That's what I want to say. I work in like the wellness industry or the health industry. Yeah. That's what Mm. I think too. I'm like, yeah, like wellness is such a huge part. Like health, like if fitness is not just this like, like aesthetic thing, I think it's sold as an aesthetic thing, right? Like fitness is lifting a certain amount of weight or it's looking a certain way or whatever it might be. It's sold as this image, but there are so many more facets to health, um, Mm. sorry, fitness um, that we take for granted because you can't see it visually on Instagram. And I think like, you know, understanding like your, your biochemistry or your lab work or how you feel or how you function or your habits or your sleep quality, like these are all things that are forever we're going to be working towards and Mm. like the word holistic is something that like used to make me cringe a little bit like used to cringe a lot as a young woman apparently (laughs) spent my whole life just cringing But it's just because it's so butchered. Yeah. And I just hear people saying, oh, we need a holistic approach. Like, what's that mean? Like, yeah. what does that mean? Um, but now it's definitely something like, you know, we've had Gabby and like I've been working with, um, um, you know, a Chinese, Abby. Abby, sorry, Chinese doctor yep. who, um, specializing in hormones and yep. me paying more attention to like skincare through nutrition and just lots of different things that I probably would not have even looked at or considered when my lens was so healthcare. Yeah, nice. Because well, I used to think that the only way to get um, really lean was just training and nutrition. But mm. yeah, you just rattled off a whole other element of things, you know, um, sleep, you know, reducing stress levels, all of those things you see competitors on stage. And yes, unfortunately, some get there in a very unhealthy way. But to be Don't able to s- sustain a career like what we're doing, multiple shows, we yeah. have to have all the other elements of health ticked off to be able to do it for the long term so yeah yeah, that definitely still needs to be spoken about more yeah and I think it's the unfortunate uh, issue within the fitness industry is that like a lot of people are on um, drugs that do enhance the way that they look or anabolic steroids or even um, drugs that help them get lean right so whereas when you're a natural competitor or someone who's doing this naturally which is going to be a majority of people listening to this you know it's less forgiving like you those sorts of variables become not just one percenters but more like a 10 percenter for your sleep yeah. so if a lot of whereas when you see people that do have this just grind mentality and they come in looking sharp and lasered and all these sorts of things it's like you just don't know whether it's a true representation of just their nutrition and training Mm. or whether there's other pharmacological considerations that are coming into that when you're looking at um physique sports yeah or they just do it once and then can never do it again because it ruined them it was so yeah you hard, see that all the time even if they are natural doing it you know i've been caught up in the hustle grind mentality and i've said it a million times listening to gary v and all the americans and, <laughs> Shout out to and all, again we haven't mentioned him in a while we've we've said there's many ways to skin a cat and gary v it sounds like one of our old episodes um still waiting to get gary v on the podcast maybe yeah. he can be our next guest maybe we'll team up anyway yeah but it just doesn't work like like I got a lot of shit done, but then didn't sleep. And then everything that I got done was mediocre. 
So yeah. it's more fun just chilling out a little bit, letting mm-hmm. life happen um, and all of that. So, yeah, I can't yeah. remember where I was going with yeah, that. Yeah, I but- think um, – no, like what you said there, I think that's the way to look at everything in life. If you want to do something well, you do it. You know, yeah. you don't try and mix too many facets together. Otherwise, you just, you know, become what's the saying? It's like jack of all trades, master of yeah. none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think it's so important to not like, you don't have to like just learn one thing, but mm. you should be across one thing and have one focus and one goal and one outcome and one desire and like one direction that you're heading in rather than multiple different ones. And I think it's like you said, it's easy to get caught up and being trying to do everything well, please yep. everyone, do everything mm. for everyone else mm. rather than focusing on what you need. Yeah, there's definitely that trial and error period at mm. the start. But then, as you said, for some reason, I just thought of that boy band One Direction. What happened oh, to boy I bands? NSYNC, Backstreet D? Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was probably a bit too old to perv on the One Direction crew. But, like, <laughs> I was thinking about that the other too day old. when I was listening to. Yeah, one, they're young, aren't they? I don't think so. No, yeah, it's legal still. But um, yeah, I, I was listening to Britney Spears. No, probably from one of your reels as well. And then I just <laughs> yeah, got on a Britney Spears, Lizzie McGuire tangent. Yeah. Oh. And then now I'm like, there are no Spice Girls, nothing anymore. No. Everything's yeah. electronic music, which I still love. Everyone knows I love my trance and all that. But bring back, um, yeah, bands. <laughs> I love the old school stuff. I just oh. get frustrated. Um, Every time I like record something with old school music and go to put it on Instagram, it gets blocked because of the old school music gets picked up so easily. Whereas the new, yeah. new freaking poppy stuff, which is fine, but yeah. there's just something about Britney, right? Like bring back oh, Britney. Free, free Britney. I need her free dad to Britney. lose that court case. I'm so invested in her life. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't- that was one of my COVID tangents or like rabbit holes that I went in on social media, realizing that Britney had like been um, trapped in her house for like decades. Anyway, that's a oh, don't even open that can of worms where I did publicly. <laughs> what was I going to say? It's also with the music um, thing that you noticed all the old school music got blocked. Mm. I have a theory because in order to go viral as an artist now, you need to be on TikTok, you need to be on Instagram and all of that. So I think that they're actually okay with having their music shared, whereas mm. you can't really contact like Tupac and all of that and say, you know, yeah. Hey, mate, listen up. Theory. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. Bring back the bands. Bring back the bands. The ultimate yeah. music. There we go. How's that? What else? I think I think that's like majority of our lessons. I mean, yeah. there's obviously going to be so many. Like, but off the top of our head, you know, it's been such a crazy year, and I think, um, mm. you know, controlling the controllable was something else that we probably didn't mention. Is just focusing on what you can. We went through so much, and it's yeah. crazy to look back. I'm just so looking forward to like everything completely being normal we're getting rid of face masks in supermarkets on friday oh, and i just can't wait for that that's today that's today there you go. oh that's gonna be weird i'm gonna yeah. i remember when i was interstate and they didn't have to wear face masks in supermarkets and i would get a fright still yeah. like my subconscious would be like oh, where's your mask where's your mask um yeah and i bloody hope i'm sending some wishes to everyone overseas in the uk and all yeah. of that like sending love to you guys you've mm. really copped it and i think you've definitely taken the longest lockdown title away from us um yes. so please if you haven't again please listen to our episodes we recorded with Cheryl. um Cheryl, that's all michelle michelle on um the longest lockdowns and yeah sending you love and hope you get out soon but yeah life is crazy it is crazy i've got um i've got some clients over in the uk in london Mm. who are in lockdown have been locked down for the whole time and i must say like 
the mindset on some people is just phenomenal to work with, to be like, wow, like it's inspiring to watch because we know we resonate so much with what it felt like. Um, And they are coming out of lockdown soon. So very excited for people to have that normality back as well. Yay. But it's not even really normal. Everything's electronic. That's what we learned, how to make online businesses. Oh, didn't we? Massive. Everything is online now. The world is online now. I can't even imagine... Um, like zoom the shares on that like through the roof yep yep so for whoever um, yeah if you're a trainer wanting to grow your online business which I know there'll be so many please just you got to do it now don't Mm. get left behind it's how it's going yeah online get on the gram get on the gram start a podcast you know oh start a podcast that'll be fun yeah awesome well i think we've rattled off most things yeah that's we're talking shit now talking shit now uh, <laughs> so we hope we hope you did enjoy this um i guess the the follow-up from lesson one um or our first ever episode i really don't want to refer people to go back and listen to it oh, because cringe <laughs> cringe but look that's a big lesson in itself as well you know your first time is never going to be good so just keep moving forward so you can make it better there you go i reckon it was all right the old episode one the old episode. I don't one. know. We'll both have a listen if we can. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, so, everyone. <laughs> again, if you did enjoy this episode, make sure you do take a screenshot, um, tag myself, tag Danielle, and of course, the Level Up podcast. Thank you.